Hello, and welcome to Geek Between the Lines, the podcast where we explore compelling themes and some of our favorite geeky properties. I'm Chris. And I'm Brittany. And this week, we'll be exploring the theme of courage in The Hunger Games. So we have a quote here from Catching Fire. This comes after Gale has been whipped by the head peacekeeper, and Katniss is thinking about what it means to rebel. At some point, you have to stop running and turn around and face whoever wants you dead. The hard thing is finding the courage to do it. While it's not hard for Gale, he was born a rebel. I'm the one making an escape plan. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because it's talking, it's having her reflect on really the first kind of big division between her and Gale, which is her feeling like the way to deal with the capital is to run away and to take her family and everyone and get them away where they can't be hurt by the capital, hopefully. Whereas Gale, it's about resisting the capital and rebelling against them. And I, I think it shows a bit of their priorities. Her priority is protecting her sister, mm-hmm. her mother, and then some other people that she cares about, like Gail, his family, Peta, Hamish. But it seems like what Gail cares about most, or what his priority is, is to fight, to take any small opening of a chance for rebellion and to, to run with that, mm-hmm. regardless of what the consequences would be. Yeah. And, and I think it's interesting because I think both have elements of courage to them. It's not just that she's a coward and he's not. It's that they are both trying to resist the capital you know, just in different ways. Yeah. And they're, they're coming from different situations because Katniss was actually in the games mm-hmm. before she's seen what the capital can do, will do. The power they have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... Gail's definitely experienced the oppression of living in the scene in District 12, but not the more direct exploitation and violence against him that happens in the games. Yeah, exactly. And surrounding and after the games. Up until this whipping, at least, we only see Gail having the kind of systemic oppression and Mm -hmm. not the direct one. But I think it is interesting because you think about Katniss and you're like, oh my goodness, she's so much braver than I was Mm -hmm. when I was her age and also like probably than I am now. But she's the one who's feeling like I'm making an escape plan. She's so defiant, but also that was more in direct response to specific actions rather than to systemic problems where it's the opposite for Gail. Yeah, yeah. But um, I like the idea of sooner or later, like you have to turn around and face the thing that's trying to kill you or it kills you, right? Mm. And not just in thinking about it in the way of someone actually chasing you, but in all sorts of things, all sorts of problems that humans face, uh, whether it be emotional or, or otherwise, that if we don't face them, it can get worse or more difficult or you may never be able to face it but having the courage to do it is really difficult sometimes yeah yeah well what courageous character did you want to talk about today courageous character i like alliterations i do so i wanted to talk about one finnick odair okay a beautiful not just canonically beautiful but character in general so i was thinking about When we think about courage, I think there are a lot of different types. So, for example, being brave in the face of death could be one type. 
knowingly putting yourself in harm's way for someone else, revealing vulnerabilities. Mm. So there's a lot of different ways, and I think that he showcases several. So we, we see him go into the quarter quell knowing that Katniss didn't trust him. Therefore, he's in danger of her trying to kill him at any moment, especially while he's sleeping. But he took the risk to protect her and Peta regardless because the cause of this rebellion is more important. He's going into the quarter quell knowing that there's people he knows, likes, has relationships with, loves, and he will protect these other two that he doesn't have any relationship with and that at least Katniss is, <laughs> doesn't like him at all, um, but that he's ready and willing to lay down his life for them mm -hmm. if the time comes. And another big instance I was thinking about with Finnick is him telling his story of exploitation to all of Penem. Yeah. And that just must have taken so much courage. And I, I'm thinking about two kind of distinct levels that it takes courage on. And then one is, it's just an utterly personal thing. And coming from a character who's kept a facade up for decades and revealing so much about yourself, what's been done to you, it's a courage that like... It doesn't have anything to do with his physical safety. It doesn't have to do with his life or his body being at risk, but it's it's emotionally vulnerable. And I think, yeah, sometimes that, that can be more difficult to be emotionally vulnerable, especially to a country that has enjoyed exploiting you mm -hmm. or has judged you for the facade that you had to put up. So that and also I think another way is that it put a target on his back yeah. because you know not only a target from snow because obviously <laughs> but also from all of the other powerful people in the capital that could possibly have been on his side if the rebels failed in some ways they could have been a safety net for him because they supposedly quote-unquote liked him mm -hmm. and maybe that they would protect him in the future if he actually needed it but to publicly share their secrets really just ensured that they would want him dead whether the rebels won or not as long as they were alive he would be a target of theirs and so he had to show so much courage in, in multiple levels through that action. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think it's telling because he also does so when Katniss can't. When Katniss is so overcome with her own fear and trauma that she is unable to provide this distraction for mm -hmm. the extraction of the people they care about most. Peter for her and Annie for him. So he's not only doing this in a way that is vulnerable and putting himself at risk in, these, in all these ways that you mentioned, but he's doing it at a time when him doing a good job or a bad job might determine the effectiveness of this dangerous mission that's going to go rescue the love of his life. And yeah, that's just so much to put on the line anyway. And when it's all brought together, it's just such a remarkable moment. And it's courageous, I think, towards the future as well. Because even if the rebels win and he survives, 
now you have to live in a world that knows this about you and now may treat you differently now may treat you with pity may treat you know like there's all of these different ways that the ways you've interacted and learned to cope may crumble in the face of this vulnerable information being out there about you. Absolutely. In a way, he's putting a scarlet letter on where he is making himself and some of the worst things that have ever happened to him now out in the open for everyone to hear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, luckily, it doesn't seem like, well... Who knows? Maybe there is terrible social media mm-hmm. that he would just have a ton of trolls and everything. I, I don't know um, in the world of Penem, but... Um, yeah, delete your Twitter at that point. Right? Like, things can blow up with the smallest amount of information or even false information. And then when when this is publicly, vulnerably shared, um, yeah, that's... It's a really big deal. Yeah, he, he's he's giving them the opportunity to further victimize him mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in some ways. Yeah. yeah, but my hope is that his character would have done it because he wanted to. Mm-hmm. Because he could have just shared the secrets without kind of explaining yeah. how he happened upon them. So, yeah, I, I hope that he he chose to do it. And even though it took so much courage because there was so much risk involved, it was empowering for him to tell his story and his truth at the same time. Absolutely. So why don't we move on to your plot point? Sure. I was thinking kind of at a, at a more meta level, how kind of similar to how we were talking about with the quote, we often see courage as the courage to fight. Mm -hmm. But so often in this series, we see important courage as the courage to survive, the courage to have some sort of choice and independence in a system that is so powerful. Mm. And how that courage to survive is in and of itself sometimes really nuanced. Yet no less courageous, I think, than the courage to outright fight and rebel. Because participating in the games is, in a way, acquiescing to the demands and a system that is oppressive and horrible and violent that is put upon you. Mm -hmm. And it's only a few people, I think Sejanus is the only one who we actually see, who is willing to sacrifice themselves rather than participate in any way in the games as they're structured. Mm-hmm. And so when... Because he's my favorite. I mean, yes. <laughs> I mean, I, lo- I have a lot of favorites. <laughs> but he is one of the top ones. Definitely, yeah. One of the top favorites. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's how that works. Yep. <laughs> but that's one of the things that his story really brings to the series in Ballads of Songbirds and Snakes is someone who refuses to take part in any sense. And he's not even a tribute but he is still willing to put his entire life on the line, or, and even not put it on the line, just give it up. He believes that he is giving his life up rather than continue to be a mentor in this awful, awful event. Yeah. He's not only willing to give his life up, he's willing to enter the arena so that he can be brutally killed by the tributes, yeah. by those that he knows he's a part of this system that is oppressing yeah yeah Yeah. and 
you know, I think that he's doing it because he hopes it makes a political statement as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, which is in of itself courageous to, to literally give everything for mm-hmm. a statement that you don't know how impactful it will be for something as, as abstract as a political statement. Yeah. Is, yeah, very, very courageous. And so, you know, that is a way of resisting. But I think that takes so much courage that it, it makes sense why he would be one of the few who does that. How a character even as brave as Katniss is still one who participates in the game. Same with Peeta in his speech about how he would still protect himself. He would still kill others, but he'd also want to show that he is still himself. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of something that's been been really interesting to me when thinking about it through this theme. Because I think that that, that courageousness to survive, to not rebel makes sense when you are facing a system with such overwhelming power. You have to measure the effectiveness of any rebellion that you have against, yeah, what it, what it might possibly do. Because if you know for sure that you refusing to work in District 12 is going to get you whipped or shot in the head by a peacekeeper, is that rebellion courageous? I mean, I guess it is still, but it, you know, it makes sense to measure that courage to see whether it's the right thing to do for yourself and your family and, and any chance to possibly do something effectively. Not to mention, I think that there's a, a kind of courage in what PETA talks about of still being yourself even as you participate in a system that is so overwhelmingly oppressive. To talk about a book that I read while I was in grad school, there's a, a great book, one of the most impactful books that I've read about slavery in the United States. The book is called The Price for Their Pound of Flesh by Diana Ramey Berry. And Berry, her concept is basically that enslaved people were valued and commodified by those who enslaved them and, and the systems around that, but that they had their own value for themselves. She calls it their soul value, the value they place on their soul, which is not commodifiable. It's not able to be quantified, but it still it can be measured in the extent to which they have relationships with others, the extent to which you can make stories and song, the extent to which you can be provide wisdom to those in your community, and that that can often contradict the commodified value placed on you by the system that you're a part of. I just really appreciate it because it's a way of recognizing the agency and the personhood of enslaved people, even if they were not creating a rebellion, even if they were not actively escaping or using violence to try to overthrow the system, that in many ways they couldn't on the personal level. And there were rebellions, and there were people who escaped, but yeah, it's good to point out that they weren't the only courageous ones. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And Barry does that very well, I think. And and so that's kind of on my mind when I think about, yeah, this theme is, is how the people who participate in the games, the people who continue to work in the mines and in all the other kinds of economies for, in many ways, slave wages... And certainly a kind of unfreedom, though certainly distinct from racialized chattel slavery of the United States. I just, yeah, it was something that that kind of really impacted me because I think that it's a more realistic representation than just, we're going to go on a quest to (laughs) destroy the empire, you know, Um, because sometimes you have to live within the empire. 
So yeah, I, I just, I think that that's a interesting element of courage, of cur- the courage to survive and live even when it means not rebelling. Mm, yeah, very interesting. Yeah, that kind of leads into or could apply under the question that I have for you, which is what are some acts of courage that you see in, in the books that aren't directly related to putting oneself at risk of physical violence or death? Hmm. So obviously what you were just talking about, but what else? <laughs> <laughs> One thing that for sure comes to my mind is Peta's courage in making clear his feelings for Katniss, mm-hmm. both to her and to the world. I, I thought about that and I was like, I bet Chris will think about yeah, this absolutely. because Chris loves romance. Yeah, that's true. I love love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and I think that it's it's courageous to put something that you are vulnerable about out not only to the person who you're being vulnerable to, but to, to the entire world, similar to how Finnick does, um, though mm-hmm. to a lesser extent, certainly. Yeah. And I kind of love that when Peta does most of his, well, or at least several of his courageous acts, they often serve multiple functions. So it's like, yes, he's being courageous and putting his feelings out there, but they also serve the side function of benefiting mm-hmm. Katniss in how she is seen by sponsors and, and the capital who really didn't care about anything more than her pretty fiery clothes before. Absolutely. It's one of the things I, I appreciate about Peta is that how savvy he is. Absolutely. Yeah. I also think it, it's in a less public sense, but still courageous for him to also tell Katniss that he's sorry for having expectations of her mm-hmm. and still wanting to be friends with her and to build a relationship in which they're still physically reliant on one another, sleeping together because of the ways in which they're affected by their trauma. And maintaining that relationship with someone who you have feelings for but doesn't share them for you but has to act like they do, mm-hmm. like, that must be so painful. And I can imagine how difficult that might have been. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also think it's courageous for Katniss to befriend Rue because, frankly, there's no way that could end well. Yet she builds that relationship so quickly and she leans into it so strongly. It shows very clearly what kind of person she is and why she can inspire people because she's so able to build those kinds of relationships, as as she does later with BD and Wyrus. What other acts of courage were you thinking of? Yeah, I was also thinking about Sejanus and, like, being willing to speak out, mm. even though it alienated him from his peers. I was thinking of the specific instance when Dr. Gall assigns them to have to write a paper about what was good about the war. Then when she asks him what he wrote about, you know, he's just like, the only value there was for me was that I was home when this happened. And other than that, 
the only thing was there was the opportunity to right some wrongs, but that didn't happen mm. because the districts are all worse off than they were before. And the whole classroom starts getting angry and people are yelling about, oh, you should go back to district two and, you know, all of that. And yeah, it takes courage to speak out even though you know that it's going to make people dislike you even more than they already do and judge you even more than they already do. That's so true too because not only is he a teenager who's now being judged by the teenagers around him which Mm -hmm. can be really difficult yeah but he's also having that happen in front of the most powerful person in the country. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think also with his decision to go into the arena, he probably knows that a lot of people are not going to understand why he did this. Mm. And I think it takes courage to know that your actions are going to be misconstrued by certain people to know that people will view you as selfish, that you didn't care about your parents enough that you put them through this and things like that. You know, he had the courage to do what he felt was right rather than succumb to what other people would think about him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was also thinking about Madge giving the Mockingjay pin to Katniss and also bringing the Morphling to Gale. I think both of those are acts that defy the capital and also cut across the social status that her family has that I, I don't know maybe her father the mayor would be fine with it but also maybe he wouldn't be fine with it and if she was caught by a peacekeeper doing it maybe it would yeah. still reflect badly on him oh absolutely maybe her family would be removed from that office yeah i'm not sure i also think at the end of the book the idea of going to therapy to work out the trauma that you've experienced katniss doesn't do it she doesn't want to talk about it. Mm. It's so difficult for her. She basically just sits there and her therapist takes a nap. <laughs> but he's like accommodating for yeah. her. He doesn't want to force her to talk when she doesn't want to talk. But then you see that Peta does do that work. And yeah. it's how he's able to... I mean, he can't go back to what he was before, the hijacking and all of that. But he's able to come to a much healthier place than the last time we had seen him. That takes a lot of courage to, instead of just trying to shut them down, stuff down those feelings and traumas to open the door to them with someone else that you don't even know. Yeah, and Peter confronting the hijacking is, I think, also so courageous. I mean, Mm -hmm. I literally cannot imagine what it's like to lose such a sense of of reality and history Mm -hmm. um and yet still actively pursue getting better and still wanting to be around and protect the person who you have been trained to think of as a monster Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean it definitely shows courage to be able to even accept the possibility that what you see as reality is not reality absolutely yeah yeah Yeah. the the question real or not real is in of itself i think a courageous Mm -hmm. act because it's a vulnerable exactly Mm -hmm. yeah yeah well should we move on to your question for me i was wondering what kinds of things you see inhibiting characters from being courageous in the series i think 
to some degree attachment mm-hmm. not that you know like on your your plot point not to say that all of those relationships and attachments and and wanting to survive is necessarily the opposite of courage or anything like that yeah that there could be a courage found in that but sometimes i think there there isn't that it's fear of losing these people you love more than the fear of everyone suffering or other people potentially suffering more or whatever the the situation would be depending on yeah if you live in district 12 and you live in the seam versus you are able to afford to buy cookies from the malark bakery right so i think yeah to be okay with or not necessarily okay with but to rather hold on to select people you love than put people at risk but for the hope that everyone could have a better situation mm-hmm. um, is, yeah, something that I think can definitely impede courage. Which the capital understands and weaponizes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because it's effective. Exactly. <laughs> I think privilege is something that impedes courage because most people in the capital don't even think that they should need to have any courage they for generations haven't been in want Mm -hmm. so yeah they don't they don't have to worry about things and they don't have to be as scared about almost anything that's legitimate (laughs) i'm scared that shrimp isn't available at my party you know like these really trivial worries and fears versus the fears that everyone else in Panem has to face daily. Yeah. I think power is another one. Mm-hmm. Snow, I mean, I guess mm, he's maybe afraid of someone usurping him, which is why he used poison, but it, he doesn't show any courage in those actions. <laughs> <laughs> And I think the same goes with Coin. Mm. She only steps in once people in the districts have taken the brunt of the fighting. Yeah, both of them have unrivaled power in the capital and in District 13 that, yeah, they don't really have to show courage. Mm-hmm. What else were you thinking about? Yeah, I was thinking a lot of similar things. Uh, you, you always but, are. Yeah, but I was actually surprised and compelled by your pointing to privilege as something because I was mm-hmm. also thinking about it in the opposite direction where if you have the lack of resources you are risking more when you are having to do something rebellious because you proportionally whatever you're risking means more to you you know yeah you can buy a new home anytime you want to that's one thing but if you can barely eat tonight and a rebellion might make that even harder for you and your family, that can also make it harder to be courageous and do that rebellious activity. Mm -hmm. Though I think we also see that that can drop off, where once you've taken so much from someone, rebelling and not rebelling might have the same outcome. Yeah. Then rebelling becomes more easy. Or at least more meaningful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the last thing that I was thinking of, and and I'm, I'm... myself not really sure about it but is how trauma can interact with it we see katniss literally be unable to help Peta once she realizes he could be killed 
if she continues to be the Mockingjay. And so she stops being able to do so. So I think one might be able to say that that she is so disabled by her trauma that she doesn't have the ability to be courageous in that moment. And but on maybe the maybe just getting up. But that's the thing. Yeah, is on the other hand, doing anything within that can be courageous. And yeah. and her slow fight against it to be an active revolutionary in the way that she wants to be is extremely courageous because she's fighting such an uphill battle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so in, in my notes, I put trauma question mark because <laughs> I think that it can physically and mentally debilitate people, but that doesn't mean that the actions that they do take aren't courageous. Yeah, and it, it I think, speaks even more to some courage like Johanna Mason's that she was tortured mm-hmm. for however many weeks and she she wasn't able to because she didn't pass the different tests but she still wanted to go back out and fight even though she knows that if she's caught again she's probably going to be tortured again Absolutely. i mean this is the reason that Peta was like I'm going to go do whatever, you know, while, while you're trying to get into the mansion. But give me a mm-hmm. nightlock yeah. in case I need it. I can't go back to the capital. Yeah, exactly. Well, why don't we move on to our missed opportunities? Yeah, I think that there's so much courage throughout <laughs> the books that, you know, what's common with us in The Hunger Games. It's just I want to know more about certain <laughs> things. So I just wish that we knew more about the countless acts of courage that had to have been taking place from the people in the districts mm. as the rebellion was gaining momentum. Uh, we we know little bits and pieces here or there, but for the most part, because we are following the victors, and those are people who have already lost so much at the hand of the capital and, you know, are forever changed by their experiences. And so, as we're talking about, like, their experience is different with courage. So, yeah, I, I am just interested in other people and, and their process with courage, whether it's people in the district who have a family and how rebellion impacts that or, or people who who don't have any kids that could possibly be reaped and so they in a way have less to lose because they don't necessarily have the same people to lose but in another way have more to lose because they don't have to suffer in the same way under the regime and and have Mm -hmm. that fear of of people being of their kids being sent to the hunger games and so yeah i'm just i'm just interested in these other areas as the rebellion was gaining momentum you know how all of these things interacted with the culture of individual districts with the people and their experiences and their trades and all of that and how that works together yeah, yeah, that's interesting. What about you? What's your missed opportunity? I would love to see more of how courage can be commodified into entertainment through the games. Oh, very interesting. Because we, we don't really see much from the capital's perspective of how they look at the games, but we do see them 
very much impacted by the love that Katniss has with PETA and that they perceive. And so we see them clearly attaching themselves to certain storylines and characteristics of the tributes. And so I can't imagine a capital that doesn't also highlight storylines of the courage of tributes mm -hmm. and how brave they are right. in this deadly event that they're forced into by the capital. Right. <laughs> Probably without that last part in the way they're building their narratives. That wouldn't be in the messaging? <laughs> no, but I think that's why I would like to see it mm -hmm. is to see kind of the ways that those are done and the narratives and what they mean culturally for the capital and what it means for the Hunger Games and then also what we can read about what that says about the capital on a wider scale. Mm. Yeah, now I'm just picturing, like, a horrific capital Hunger Games bingo party mm. where it's like they have different situations and when it happens you get to mark it off on your board or a drinking game, you know, so it's like different things are worth different points or this many drinks or, you know, whatever it would totally. be that would just be, like, so terrible but it's something that they totally would do. Yeah, yeah. It's like Superstore when they're doing the customer safari. <laughs> like, if you spot this, you get this many points. Both acts of courage that gets the tribute killed mm -hmm. and ones that they survive, yeah. you know. And those, what then becomes what they're known for as, as a victor. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Well, why don't we head into our takeaways then? Yeah, so I think my takeaway is that when I first was thinking we're doing the theme courage, I was just thinking of these bigger acts and especially defiant acts, uh, which we didn't even talk about Katniss that much. Mm -hmm. And she does tons of courageous things, but some of those are more overt. And so I think I've, I've enjoyed having this conversation in seeing even more ways that courage is showing up in the series. Yeah. Yeah, I think my takeaway is is that I'm thinking of Johanna mm. and how courageous she must have been to have lost everyone. Yeah. To continue to resist the capital in the ways that she could and have her be punished by them repeatedly until she had no one left. Mm -hmm. And then continue to resist and rebel. Yeah, I was kind of thinking about her when it was like attachment, right, yeah. can can impede courage. Whereas she's in the quarter quell yelling up at the Capitol. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I, I think it's courageous for anyone to be unashamedly themselves, even if it mm -hmm. means that you're not considered likable by people. Yeah. And she's that. So that's, that's already courageous just in a social setting. But once it comes to there's also an oppressive government that is going to punish you mm -hmm. for being unlikable and unashamedly yourself. It's just, uh, it's, it's remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, could you bring up what we'll be discussing next week? Yeah. So we're going to be returning to Avatar The Last Airbender and Legend of Korra. And we are going to be looking at them through the theme of responsibility. Excellent. Responsibility in Avatar and Legend of Korra. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. You can find links to our social media on our website in the episode description, or you can send us an email at geekbetween at gmail.com. 
You can also join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash geekbetweenthelines if you want to join our wonderful supporters who help keep the show sustainable and also get access to fun extra content. We want to thank Kimberly Taylor-Pastel at Lacelet for designing our logo. Find her designs at lacelet.com or searching for Lacelet on Facebook or Instagram. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week. Until then, geek out! out.